Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Miriam Suela Perez. And I'm Vero Valletti Flores. And on this podcast, we bring you a mix of mainstream and alternative jams by Latinx artists, usually based around a theme. And on today's program, we're going to bring you a mix of indigenous artists. Yes. Basically, we brought you yeah, a roundup of, of music by indigenous artists across Latin America. Yeah, and it's November. There's a lot of revisionist history in <laughs> this <true>. month <laughs> in the United States yeah, true. about um, the ways that colonizers interacted with indigenous peoples mm-hmm. and how everybody was nice to each other and had dinner. And that's mm-hmm. not exactly how that shit went down. No. Uh, so we just wanted to give you a little antidote to that. And right now we're listening to a legend. This is Luzmila Carpio, mm. remixed by Nicola Cruz. Mm. And the song is called Chua Yaku Kausaipuni. And I really, really, really like this. Um, hopefully most of y'all know who Luzmila Carpio is. She's, like I said, a truly a legend in Bolivia. Uh, she's a singer. She's a songwriter. She's a charango player, which a charango is like a stringed instrument. It sort of looks like a little guitar. Mm-hmm. It's five strings. But she's really most well known for her really incredible vocal range. She grew up in like the northern Potosi area of Bolivia, which is mostly inhabited by both uh, Quechua and Aymara folks. And she sings in Quechua for the most part. And um, fun fact, say the first song that gained widespread popularity in Bolivia that was in an indigenous language. Mm. That was in the 60s. It was called Siwaya Susena. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the cool thing about Luzmila Carpio specifically is that after having this big hit, the cho- there's a choice that she could have made was to like capitalize on a big hit that she had and begin to sing in Spanish. Right. Um, and sing in Spanish towards like, you know, like a broader uh, pan Latin American audience or just like to pander to like the more um, mainstream Eurocentric like industry, right? Right. Music industry in Latin America and, and Bolivia in particular. But she really just dug in. She consciously decided to keep singing Quechua. She dug into deeper into the musical traditions that she grew up with and sort of kept doing this as a way to just resist the hegemony of European music and mm. and keep Quechua musical traditions alive. Um, and you know she's never been shy about talking about the injustices that indigenous communities face. She's been politically active. She was actually the Bolivian ambassador to France. Wow. A while back. Yeah. So she's really just an icon. Really, really great. And this track I really, really love. It's a remix by Nicola Cruz, and it's from an album that's all remixes of Luzmila Carpio's uh, music. Mm. And um, Nicola Cruz is an artist who works a lot with um, electronic sounds and indigenous folk music, specifically from Ecuador, and he really engages both, which I really appreciate because I hate the idea of like just taking just like a traditional folk or indigenous melody. And this happens, you know, with a number of like of musical traditions and just like putting like a house beat under it or just like whatever electronic beat under it and it's not just like unimaginative but also I feel like it situates indigenous or folk music as uh stagnant right 
right? It's just like this pastiche that doesn't really engage Indigenous music as a creative body of work that's like continues right. to be alive, right? And right. I think that Nicola Cruz stands out from the crowd in that way. Yeah. So I really appreciate that with this remix. And this album specifically, I also appreciate because it's a whole album of remixes of classic Lucimila Carpio songs and put out by ZZK Records. And the cool thing about this in particular is that Lucimila Carpio was involved in every single remix, right? Mm. She commented and worked on and approved every single mix. Mm. So again, it's not just like this idea of putting like an electronic beat under like a Uh, an indigenous or folk soundscape just to make it palatable to non-indigenous audiences, but actually like how do we engage this body of work and these soundscapes as bodies that are alive and both follow a tradition, but also continue to shapeshift over time, right? right? In the way that any music does. So I really appreciated that about this, uh, about this collection of Lucmila Carpio remixes and specifically about the fact that she was able to like have a say and work on and approve every single one, because I think that we can get into dicey territory when it's just like, oh, here's a remix of this. Like it sounds more, more like something that you're, your Western music ears are are more likely to like, you know? Right, right. So I appreciated that about yeah. this. Yeah, and I mean, that, that kind of gets at, like, some of the thoughts we had around how to shape this episode was to really try to highlight artists who are actively kind of engaged with Indigenous community and most of the time their Indigenous community, like their roots, their, their communities, rather than people who might not have really active or present connections with their indigeneity, perhaps, but are like, you know, sampling indigenous music, for example, which there's lots of people in Latin America who fit that bill. And so we, as like two people who don't identify as having like direct indigenous roots or known indigenous roots, I guess, I don't know how you would say that, Vero, trying to think about how to highlight indigenous music without, you know, without being the arbiters, I guess, of like who is indigenous, who's not. Right, right. Well, so it's just super complicated in Latin America specifically because so many there's like this like notion of mestizaje has been right. really erasing, right, of people's actual like, you know, bloodlines and lineages. And it's like, oh, we're all one race when that's actually really untrue. Right. And, um, you know, even those of us that have, you know, indigenous blood somewhere in our families and we know that, um, it's like most of us have been detribalized anyway, right? right? So it's like, what's your connection to it is really shaky, right? So I feel like, right. you know, it's... Because it's, of white supremacy, right? Because of white supremacy, right? So it gets it gets complicated, right? Because there's like, okay, like maybe you can reclaim that because it's been taken from you. But like, at what point are you like, my grandmother was a Cherokee princess, you know, like yeah. it, it's, I feel like it's really like, it's really complicated, especially in Latin America, right? Because... In, in the United States is a real extreme history of racial segregation that has changed the ways that we think well, about race. Well, and genocide, too. And, uh, well, in, there's genocide in Latin America, too. I know, but there's, but yeah, it's It just looks, it looks different, different ways. Yeah. So, you know, people were so uh, removed from their traditions that even yeah. though, you know, like you might have like Carib bloodlines, like who, who knows, right. like, you know, like nobody has a cultural, that cultural connection was stolen. Was stolen, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, so it's really complicated, but, um, and you know, so we decided to shape this episode around, around folks who have like pretty direct connections to, mm-hmm. um, to their indigenous identities and music and, 
and all of that. Right. So um, it's not uncomplicated, no. but it is, it's, um, you know, we, we try to be, to be conscious of that. Mm, purposeful of it. Yeah. And I mean, the thing, the place where I land with all of this is just like letting people tell me who they are, you know, like I'm not the arbiter of people's identity or who they are, but looking totally. for artists who are working with the, those reclamations and those identities. And um, so, yeah, it's super complicated and I think difficult to make any broad statements about. So we're really kind of owning our own perspective on this and our own limited knowledge and just um, wanting to to highlight this like very, very large body of um, music and artistry and creative creation and creativity um, from this lens. But with all of that really... yeah at the forefront. Well, and also one of the things that I feel like, so we've brought plenty of indigenous artists in the past, but something about the way that we sort of think about our episodes, like in themes, lends itself to bringing music and languages that we understand, right? And Mm -hmm. both of us speak English and Spanish, but neither of us speak an indigenous language, neither of us speak Portuguese. Mm -hmm. So it's we've been trying to like sort of wrestle with like how, you know, like how do we incorporate into themes folks that are making music in languages that we don't understand, but, you know, still kind of like keep with the theme and, you know, there's like some Google Translate in there Mm -hmm. uh, because Google Google Translate doesn't have Quechua, you know, (laughs) so we're we're just like figuring it all out. But it's, but we wanted to do a really, um, especially in November with like thanks taking sort of on the horizon, yeah. do a really conscious lifting up of some of these folks that are making music. Right. And not really, like allow really cool stuff. Yeah. And not like allow our discomfort with it, like, which is based on a lot of things, including privilege, like keep us from doing it. You know, like, I don't think that would be the answer would be like, well, let's not go there because we don't feel equipped or we don't feel like we're the right people. Like, um, because that's more erasure of a whole important, um, part of, music in Latin America. So that's sort of our, at least our, my like approach is like, let me not just stay away because I'm necessarily afraid of doing it wrong, but just try to be really transparent about exactly where we're coming from and how we approached it. Yeah. Um, so the first group that I'm bringing is called Los Nin and this song is Identidad. Yo no olvido de dónde vengo Antes que nada, donde quiera que me pare Digo lo que represento, no puedo estar mintiendo Fingiendo solo por un momento Para que luego se den cuenta de lo cierto en este tiempo Muchos guambras se han cortado todo el pelo Mirando, hablando y criticando a los que no son como ellos Cosas que ven en la tele, persona famosa, la moda, el estilo, la ropa, peinado, guasado, todito cambiado, olvidando, esperando la identidad que le queda, yo dando la vez inventado los antepasados que le han dejado y hasta la costumbre, viniendo con nuevas etapas que te van y tratan y matan la historia que por mucho tiempo sido parte de nuestra cultura, es así, yo lo digo porque lo vi, y vi difícil para ponerlo esto un fin, justamente una cosa de la que pasaba era como la gente miraba y sin saber por qué se me gozaban, caminando en la calle recibiendo estas ofensas, como veían cuando yo salía con mis trenzas. Eso es lo que implica ser un verdadero runa Representar sin duda alguna la cultura pura So this is a hip-hop group from Otavalo, Ecuador which is an indigenous community a few hours from Quito um, which is the capital and the kind of center of the country and they incorporate a lot of Quechua, the indigenous language of their community, into their music 
And it was interesting because I read some interviews with them or about them, um, particularly one Mm -hmm. um, from Al Jazeera that I can link to in the show notes. They kind of talked about their history and the fact that they actually had to relearn the language of their parents in order to put it into their music. So that gets at some Mm -hmm. of what you're talking about Mm -hmm. better with like reclamation, right? That um, even the, the piece around language that a lot of people have to make a conscious effort to incorporate and to learn um, the indigenous language of their people because of, I mean, the ways in which language and identity and, you know, development or globalization, all the things that encourage um, the loss of indigenous languages, even in a country like Ecuador, which has like a very, very, very strong indigenous population. They have, they have political power in certain ways and a lot of um, strong identity, like I think Mm -hmm. as opposed to some other places in Latin America, like there actually has been a pretty strong maintenance of that on top of the fact that there's also like a deep racial hierarchy and a lot of political and economic power um, is in the hands of the descendants of the Spanish who are, you know, lighter skinned in Ecuador. And so they do a lot of stuff in their music around blending native musical instruments and also like the Andean flute with like more electronic sounds and more hip hop kind of um, connotations. And they also bring in some of the cultural references. So this song is actually about, and this I know from reading this Al Jazeera piece, is about kind of the the discrimination that they face as young men who keep their hair long, which is a tradition of the mm, indigenous community. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like that, all of this sort of mestizaje, like what it means to be a member of both an indigenous community and a member of the world at large, that those things actually happen in relationship to each other. It's not... Um, right, this kind right. Of ra- racist idea about like indigenous people in the in the countryside versus like urban people in the in the city and and um, read that they actually performed a lot of their music at a like more indigenous club in Quito, so that you know that these communities like find um, scene and like find place in even like a, an urbanized place like the capital city of Quito, so that they right. these, yeah, things are in relationship with each other. Yeah, so I feel like one of the ways that um, that in- erasure of indigenous communities uh, happens is that we situate indigeneity in the past as right. if a indigenous people aren't alive, a indigenous communities don't exist right now, and be like they're not interacting with everywhere else in the world, and right. you know continuing to to grow and, and shape themselves and traditions being right. born, and you know just like any other culture, culture, right? right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I know a little bit more about Ecuador because I've mentioned I think before that I spent four months living there in college. Um, I lived in Quito and actually spent two weeks living in Otavalo in the community that these folks are from. And and it was cool to watch the video, which you should check out in our show notes, um, because it's filmed in the community in Otavalo. And it's, I mean, it's an, it's Mm -hmm. a center of the indigenous population in that part of Ecuador. It's like a commercial center. There's like really big markets. It's also a tourist center. And there's a lot of, and that was sort of why the the way in which I was there was as a tourist um, Mm -hmm. and lived with like an indigenous family for two weeks as part of my, the program that I was on as a student. Um, And so, you know, those things are complicated in lots of different ways. And it's also part of industry and how people, um, how people's economies survive is through that kind of ethno tourism that that people do. So it's all super complicated. And I was there, you know, as a young person, with a much less formed political identity than I have now. Um, so I think I would experience all of that very differently. But for that reason, I kind of have more context for um, what's happening in Ecuador. And, and I, one thing I know politically, which I think is really interesting and like 
very much in contrast to the United States, for example, and I'm not sure about other Latin American countries, but like indigenous communities in Ecuador have like shut down the country over many times over the political history in uh, protest of actions of the president. And like the president has been basically taken down by the community's mobilization. Like they literally just like mm. stop all of the major roadways across the country with like just physical blockades. And then um, that has forced the government to respond in pretty dramatic ways. So there's like a level of political power, although that's like a very extreme way to demonstrate it, right? Um, and a, and a, a way to demonstrate it that requires a lot of sacrifice on behalf of the community members and a lot of um, danger as well. But um, that that is a, a part of kind of Ecuadorian political landscape is pretty um, just yeah. in incredible in that way. Um, so Vetter, you want to awesome. move on to your next pick? Yeah, let's do it. So um, my next pick is also a hip hop artist. Hip hop has yeah. uh, really grown in indigenous communities in Latin America. Mm -hmm. And um, so th this episode is a little bit of a reflection of that. This is Mare Advertencia Lirica and this song is called Incomoda. La mula no era arisca, pero la hicieron. La niña no era feminista, pero aquí nos vemos. Compas creemos, machitos no sabemos. Porque es normal que los lobos vistan piel de cordero. Y es que hay que ver quién critica bajo qué normas. Si soy yo la que está malo, eres tú quien se conforma. Si no quieres saber nada de mí por mi pensar, si es más fácil desde tu privilegio juzgar mi andar. ¿Y qué más da? Una asesinada más. Si seguro mi protesta es para quitarte tu lugar. Qué irracional mi discurso radical. Exigir que las minorías tengamos respeto igual. Suena increíble pensar que somos personas. Siendo la mitad del mundo en minoría nos transforma. Si la violencia está normal bajo sus normas. No queremos sus derechos, exigimos los de nosotras. No te equivoques, no soy un caso aislado. No es exageración ni una mentira lo que te hablo. Solo te cuento las verdades incómodas de una sociedad que con nosotras es hipócrita. No te equivoques, no soy un caso aislado. No es exageración ni una mentira lo que te hablo. Solo te cuento las verdades incómodas de una sociedad que con nosotras es hipócrita. Una aparente libertad donde limitan mi existencia, donde no importa cuánta conciencia tengas. Si en el diario andar no eres capaz. I love this. Tell us about so it. So I love, yeah, I love her so much. And I kind of can't believe we haven't brought her yet. Um, María Advertencia Lirica has been a longtime favorite of mine. She's a feminist MC and just a total badass. Mm. She's, um, she's Zapoteca from Oaxaca, mm. and she was part of Advertencia Lirica, which was like the first group of its kind of just, just female MCs in Oaxaca. Mm. Um, and now she's a solo artist. Yeah. So it's a great name um, there were three women. Yeah, yeah, there were three uh, women in Advertencia Lirica, and Mare was one of them. Um, and one of the things that I love about this song in particular um, is that she articulates something that I really identify with. Uh, like the first, the lyrics that she opens with are La mula no era arisca, pero le hicieron. La niña no era feminista, pero aquí nos vemos. Mm. And I feel like I've always felt that way. Particularly, I feel like I've been cornered into being politically radical. So interesting. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I just, I think that a lot of people come to their radical politics through uh, just like a natural proclivity to questioning authority. Right. 
but honestly that's not me i wish it were me i don't <laughs> i'm not like a person who's like immediately like oh like don't follow the rules fuck the rules it's not who i yeah. am i was always the good girl all i ever wanted was to be good and to do the right thing and I thought it was like following the rules, but slowly what that meant shifted to me, right? Mm. And like as I examined like historical and political truths of what being good meant, yeah. like totally changed, right? And it came to mean challenging like an existing set of fucked up rules, wow. right? So I feel like I would actually so much rather be a little cog in a really well-functioning machine. Right. But instead, I find myself throwing wrenches into this machine that's, like, eating us all alive because I feel like there's no other choice, right? It's so funny. I always feel that way, right? Like, I've actually – it's not um, – I'm not here because I want to be a contrarian. It's not in my nature in any way. It's just that, like, I feel like I don't want to be politically radical. I would love it if everybody – agreed with me and <laughs> took on, you know, all of my beliefs, right? Like that would be cool for me. And I could just like work at a flower shop and I could quit activism and just like, you know, do, you, do something do you think, creative do you that, and different. But you think some of why you can't be a cog in the machine is because you aren't the right shape, you know, it's like you're queer and yeah. you're Latina and like, like those things don't allow you to just sort of like meld into that machine. Cause the machine wasn't really right. like built for you. It wasn't built for me. Exactly. Right. But I would really appreciate it if it just, Oh, was, I feel you. you know? I feel you. I mean, <laughs> I don't need to be, I don't need the, to be like, after the election last year, I was just like, is there a way to be unwoke? Like, can I, can I choose a different life? Like I really had those like serious thoughts because I just felt like, it's so painful to be so connected to the truth of what's happening, especially right now. So I literally was like, yeah, but then I was like, but I can't because I don't fit, you know, like I can't do that. I don't fit. Like I don't, I don't, yeah. Like I wouldn't be accepted, you know, like I can't, unless I was like a totally different person, which, you know, it's not possible. So it's like, no matter what I tried to do, like, I just don't, I'm not the right shape for the machine. Right. <laughs> yeah so anyway that lyric really really sort of speaks to me in that way I um you know I feel like that's exactly right right like la mula no era risca pero le hicieron so mm. I I really appreciate Wait, for that don't speak Spanish can you say what arisca means arisca is like like easily angered like or like or stubborn or defiant right, yeah right. like so it's like they it's like the system made me this way I didn't, I wasn't born this Yeah, time. exactly. Yeah, totally. I get that. Yeah. Exactly. Like she was trained right. to be yeah. more uh, defiant, like hospital, yeah. you know, just defiant. Yeah. Like you're the reason. Right. And I think, yeah, I think that's true. I totally get that. I'm not like, I'm not a revolutionary. I mean, I feel like your politics are more revolutionary like than mine, but like, I'm afraid, you know, like I have a lot of fear. Like in some ways I just want to live a, a, like an easy life, but I feel like the system doesn't allow that. And that's part of why it's fucked is that only certain people in a very specific window, maybe really yeah. nobody, right? Mm -hmm. Like some people think they can, but like really it's not built for anybody. I think at the end of the day, if people are being authentic about themselves and like, who they right. are like nobody right. actually really fit well Mara is out here yeah, deep thoughts, challenging man. that system all of the time she's super cool if you don't know her already I suspect that some of our listeners already do she had a film that came out like I want to say like maybe 2012 that was a documentary about her um 
sort of like about her. It was revolved around her, but then it was also more largely about um, women in Oaxaca. So she, I think she's like relatively known out there. So um, maybe a lot of you know her already, but if you don't, you should definitely check her out. We want to take a quick break from our conversation about Indigenous artists to talk about one of our sponsors. So we're teaming up again with Planned Parenthood to get the word out about their fight for affordable birth control. As you know, we've both been very involved in the reproductive rights and justice movements for over a decade now. We actually met working for a reproductive justice organization, so we really deeply know how important this is. And it's pretty absurd that we're actually having to deal with pushback on fucking birth control. Just like wild. Birth control. Just wild. Like birth control. Like I can't even, it's like definitely part of the feminist dystopia that we're living in, that people and particularly the Trump administration is actually challenge access to birth control as a legitimate medical expense that should be covered by insurance. It's bonkers. 62.4 million people benefit from access to birth control in this country, y'all. That's a lot of folks. That's a lot, a lot of people. And I'm sure most of the people listening at some point in their life have either taken birth control or been partnered with someone who's taken birth control. Like, this is an issue that affects everybody. That's right. So here is one thing you can do today to both support Raya Menea and access to birth control. You can take out your phone and text Menea to the number 22422. That's M-E-N-E-A to the number 22422. And what that will do is add you to a text action list, and that will help you get involved in protecting access to birth control. I've been on the list since we did our first um, sponsorship with Planned Parenthood a few months ago, and you get a text maybe once a month telling you about something going on politically and encouraging you to take action. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's pretty much a win-win. You get to support us, and you get to support access to birth control by texting MENEA, to the number 22422. Thanks, queridas. Now let's get back to our episode. So what's your next song, Perez? So I've got another song by a Bolivian artist, and this song is Llorando Se Fue, and it's by Los Cajarcas.
Amazing. So you might recognize this song. <laughs> yes, the melody. I hope, I think all of you will recognize the melody. Yeah, so I didn't actually know about the song. I had found this artist and wanted to bring these artists, and Veta was like, wait, what up? you should bring Yoranda Safwe because of the link to J-Lo. <laughs> Tell us more about that, Beto. <laughs> well, so basically, um, there has been some um, actual like authorization and use drama with this song. Yeah. Because yeah. this melody was actually really popularized by this French group called Kaoma. And mm -hmm. they, uh, their hit La Lambada popularized this same melody, right? Yeah. And later on, it was, after it was, you know, like a hit, they had to, this group, which plays like indigenous Bolivian music, uh, mm -hmm. had to start a lawsuit due to, like, the, yeah. to pay, get licensing for this song, right? Right. Um, yeah. So this song and this melody is a huge uh, was a huge hit in the form of Lambada, and then it's been sampled a ton of times. And um, specifically in my memory, it is in uh, Jennifer Lopez and Pitbulls on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how far these melodies can travel. <laughs> That's right. But um, yeah. it's it's yeah. really cool to see, you know, like people think of um, people think of indigenous melodies having a home in really particular places. And it's like actually was like in discos, on dance floors, like all over the world. And right. That's what that was. Right. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah, so this is a, a Bolivian group from Cochabamba, and they have been a really big part of popularizing Andean folk music um, since 1965. So they're, I think, as far as I can tell, like a Bolivian institution musically. Um, and so while, you know, we've talked a little bit about like how, um, which artists we've picked based on sort of their relationship to indigeneity, this group, I think it's a little bit less clear exactly how these folks as individuals identify and like whether they have necessarily um really strong claim or identity to a particular indigenous group but like this idea of andean folk music is very much an indigenous musical tradition the music the instruments are indigenous and um, they use some of the language, they use. language in Sometimes, some of their music yep. right mm -hmm. yeah Right. Yeah. Like the name of their group is a Quechua word. So, mm -hmm. um, so it's, I mean, the, the linkages are there. So, um, that's why I decided, we decided that it made sense to bring them and especially just because they've been so influential in really bringing this, um, type of music to the mainstream in Bolivia and even in other places as well, obviously it got all the way to JLo. So they've had an, an, a pretty incredible, um, influence. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I c as far as I can tell, like they still um, remain pretty popular. There's, you know, been different members of this group over the years, um, and now there's even a group that their son started that ha follows a similar um, tradition around Andean folk music and using indigenous instruments and music. Awesome. So, yeah, I thought I wanted to share these folks um, as part of this episode. Yeah, I briefly became obsessed with this song because of like that whole uh, evolution of it from, you know, Andean yeah. folk music to J-Lo and Don Omar and Which, <laughs> various. Did you, yeah. did you go back, back to them and, or did you stop at Kawama? Cause you, I wasn't sure if you knew oh, about Oh yeah, them. yeah. I knew, I no, knew about didn't. them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was really awesome. interested in particular about how 
an indigenous melody sort of like made that those several leaps right to what we think yeah. of now as yeah. not particularly or we don't connect to indigenous music at all right which is how erasure happens right like mm-hmm. so I, mm-hmm. I just was very interested in that it's you know one of my various like little internet holes that I went on yeah, totally. That makes sense. And I'm, I mean, I'm really glad that they won. Like, how unusual is that? I think usually people, their stuff just gets stolen. And right. It, you know, so the fact right. that they were able to sue and successfully um, get back licensing fees for that song is pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's like the literal same melody. So it would be yeah. wild I mean, racist yeah. <laughs> if, we can, if they didn't. If we can recognize it. Happened. I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I'm sure it yeah. happens. It happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Vetter, what's your next song for us? So my next song is a person that we've brought before um, who's featuring on a song of somebody that we haven't brought before. This song is called The Light, and it's by A Tribe Called Red featuring Lido Pimienta. Todo lo que yo tenía on this podcast and I was struggling with thinking about whether to bring her or somebody else because we've brought her before and we wanted this episode mostly to be folks that we hadn't brought before um but uh Lido A just won the Polaris prize and I wanted to A congratulate her on that that's amazing it's such a huge mm-hmm. honor it's the biggest uh Canadian music prize that there is and um she is an indigenous woman um she's wayu and um those are folks who live um in what is now colombia and venezuela um they're mm-hmm. uh, i think their lands s- sort of span that border um mm-hmm. and i so i this is pretty new and I watched the video for this song and it's just such a read and it's so incredible and I just I had to bring it and y'all have Mm -hmm. to watch this y'all this video is amazing it's really speaks to the uh the ways that class and race and color and um, all of that stuff plays out in Latin America and even yeah. uh, in immigrant communities outside of Latin America and the ways that we bring it to different places. So yeah. um, it's just, it's such a read. It's incredible. I right. don't know that I can do yeah. it justice by describing it. You, shall, you all should just go watch it. Right. Well, and even just like 
it, I mean, I, I really want to know if it's a true story because the way that it's depicted, it almost seems like it's it's an, something that actually happened to her. Yeah, but it's also yeah. like even, you know, and I think there's been some media in the U.S. recently, too, about um, people's experiences, um, who, people who are like very successful artists or authors or like accomplished people who are also people of color, particularly like dark skinned folks who get, you know, mistaken for the waiter at the National Book Awards or whatever, right? right. Like it gets into right. that kind of idea, which I think is a very um, real experience that people have, especially, yeah, I mean, people of color um, in the United States even as well, like where even though you're, you're super accoladed when somebody doesn't know who you are, um, they can mistake you, um, they can mistake you for, you know, they can treat you in this really like racist way. So she just illustrates that so beautifully and puts it, locates it in Latin America where it happens all the time as well. There's not a U.S. Right, thing right. solely. Yeah, and uh, the other thing that I really liked about this in particular, about this track and why it solidified me wanting to bring it, is that it includes a tribe called Red. And a mm -hmm. tribe called Red are um, in Canada, but I just sort of wanted to like blow up these like country borders, right? Latin America is a colonial construct, right? Like it only happened right. after colonization to like divide up our you know continent in that way and so right. i just wanted to give a shout out to a tribe called red who are a fucking rad group of indigenous folks making incredible music and um and sort of like blow up our little colonial constructs of of even like latino which is so intense right like right. latino is like a colonial construct it's like the countries who are uh, who are in Latin America post-colonization. It's just, you know, so I wanted to, in our episode, honoring indigenous artists and, like, giving a big fuck you to Thanksgiving and the revisionist history around that, I wanted to mm -hmm. just drop that in. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I got to see the tribe, a tribe called Red in D.C., actually at the Native American Museum. It was a pretty amazing show. They're, uh, you know, they're DJs, essentially, and so yeah, yeah. every show feels really unique and, and really alive, and it was pretty awesome. That's really cool. That's very, very cool. Awesome. So what song do you have for us last, Pérez? Yeah, so this is a song by, called Lago Negro, and it's by Dr. Sativo, M.C.H.E. and Tutsu Bakun Khan. Lago Negro, muere la diversidad, el eslabón de oro en tu cuello la mata. El petróleo acaba con la vida de tantas especies, todo a costa de unos intereses. Lago Negro, muere la diversidad, el eslabón de oro en tu cuello la mata. El petróleo acaba con la vida de tantas especies, todo a costa de unos intereses. Intereses, Guatemala no es mala, es bella, aunque en ella avionetas de cocas estrellan, que rayan selvas enteras allá en Jardín del Edén, contra frutas, ponen retén, estén o no estén esas frutas prohibidas, ya ni miran ni buscan sustancias nocivas, pase lo que pase, digan lo que digan, ya sabemos que extirpan petróleo en la laguna del tigre, sin timbre de impuesto, protestamos porque somos libres, siempre lo que decimos lo tenemos en manifiesto, son pensamientos entre la jungla y el cemento. Ajá, yo, lago negro, muere la diversidad, el eslabón de oro en tu cuello, la el petróleo acaba con la vida de tantas especies, toma costa de unos intereses.
intereses, lago negro, muere la diversidad, el eslabón de oro en tu cuello la mata, el petróleo acaba con la vida de tantas especies, todo a costa de unos intereses, So I found this particular song from a Alt Latino article that we'll link to in the show notes um, that's about artists who are singing in indigenous languages. And these um, three guys are from Guatemala, and this song is all about the pollution of Lake Atitlan um, and the impact of that on um, communities in the area and also like the link to colonialism. Um, and I th it seems like this was made for a particular like activist project that I don't think exists anymore, but the video is still around. And it's it's a beautiful video because it's kind of a live music video where they're mm -hmm. singing the song and performing it, but they're in they're in the community. Um, and there's even, you know, community members who uh, participate and s speak the beginning of the video. So I appreciate that, like the very like kind of live vibe of it, even though it's definitely clearly recorded as a music video. Yeah, totally. So these three dudes are part of a Mayan hip-hop group called Balam Ahpu, and they're known throughout Mayan communities for rapping in an indigenous language. Um, and also, a lot of their music um, celebrates like traditional Mayan cosmology. And there's an article that I'll also link to in the show notes that tells a lot of the story about behind the group's creation and how they use like shamanic um, kind of traditional Mayan practices to sort of help create the group and the ways in which that influences their music and the lyrics and stuff like that. So they have like a, definitely a lot of strong linkages to um, to being folks from Mayan communities and, and to that entire kind of body of, of knowledge and culture that really influences what they've done. Yeah, yeah. So these, yeah. So you knew about them, right? You'd heard of them. I had heard about them, and I was I was thinking about bringing them when, because um, I was yeah. thinking specifically about bringing folks that um, did work in indigenous languages, and these folks uh, rap in, um, I think, Sutuhil. So yeah, so I was gonna bring them, but I'm glad that I'm glad that you're bringing them. I think I like this song too. It's really cool, and I feel so grateful in general for these folks, but also for indigenous folks really across the world who who have taken it uh, so uh, upon themselves and their communities to protect the lands and the waters that they've known for generations, right? Where like colonizing forces and corporate forces are completely destroying them right now. So um, it's really a, a thread that um, that I've seen with like environmental justice and indigenous movements. It's really, really cool. And I feel so grateful for that. And honestly, I just also think it's so... Um, I don't know. I think a lot about, like, as an immigrant, about the ways that I've benefited from colonization. Um, mm -hmm. The fact that, like, I get to be on this land of the United States that, like, was stolen and now I'm benefiting from it. And even that, like, even knowing that people indigenous to these lands have always, always, always treated me better than the people who uh, whose ancestors stole this land. Which is completely wild, uh, but I really so I really appreciate these like these guys and um, their connections to 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 movement and to you know just really having a generational mandate to care for the land that they have been on for so long. Yeah, that's real. So um, Dr. Sativo, who also I think now goes by Dr. Nativo, um, I read a little bit more about his story. 
Um, and he um, has kind of gone through a reclamation process around his like Mayan roots um, via Guatemala. But he also, I learned about him on his website that he was born basically at a Willie Chirino concert. <laughs> his mom's uh, water broke. His mom's water broke while he was at a Willie Chirino concert. That's so uh, clearly, <laughs> clearly the musical career started early on. Um, and he's had a lot of different uh, sort of twists and turns in his career. But um, after this, after the, this group kind of did their thing for a while, he's now got a solo thing going um, and has actually a new album coming out in 2018. And there's a single that you can listen to now called Guatemala. So a lot of his work really focuses on reclamation and Mayan ancestry and culture and, and um, really elevating that in his sort of hybrid hip hop kind of music that he does. That's so cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, the last thing I want to say about the song, though, is that there is some homophobic um, lyrics in it. So they use the phrase, Colón was un culero, often in the um, in the song. Yeah, and culero is a very homophobic slur that, I mean, it literally means like asser, basically. <laughs> it doesn't really translate to English, but yeah. it's definitely a, a homophobic slur, kind of like fag, but maybe a, le- a little bit more dirty because it refers to the culo. Um, and, you know, it's something that I've heard a lot of people use. It's very, it's pretty common um, in as a slur. So, you know, it's like we bring a lot of music to this podcast that's problematic, right? Like, I, there's definitely, this is not the first time I've brought stuff with lyrics that I don't agree with or that are misogynistic or probably homophobic. Um, <clears throat> and so that's just part of the complexity of what we offer is that we sometimes bring music that there's things about it that are problematic. So yeah. this, this definitely fits that bill. Absolutely. Like it can be really cool in a lot of ways and not really cool in some other ways, you know, mm-hmm. which is yep. what happens with humans and people. Yeah. And <laughs> right. I think no one is perfect. Yeah. Right. Well, there's this also this narrative of the noble savage, right? Where like indigenous yeah, people and cultures are like have everything perfect. figured out and are perfect and yeah. are like these like utopias matriarchal yeah <laughs> and it's actually it's like there are some, really insulting to to yeah hold um it's just really insulting to to a culture to be like this this is a utopia without actually knowing fully about it and um i think about it a lot because w- the indigenous blood on my mom's side would be carib people and mm. uh, they were colonizing the Tainos when Columbus arrived, right? So it's not like, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's, there's like this idea of like who indigenous people were and then that's a monolith and that's just untrue, right? Like cultures are complicated and cultures are incredible and no culture deserves to be exterminated. And also like cultures have fucked up aspects about them and to not, just to just not recognize a culture as fully human is I think really insulting and grating. So like this, Mm. there's this noble savage uh, trope that's always there and really uh, just it's fucked up. Yeah. It's really fucked up and racist. Fucked up. Yep. Yep. Totally. All right, y'all. Well, that's our episode for this week. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much. As always, all of our uh, details for the songs and the music and anything that we've mentioned on this podcast, any lists or anything, we're going to have on our show notes on paliomenea.com. And as always, you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram at Radio Menea. 
And if you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. If you haven't reviewed us, please review us. Both of those things really do a lot to help us get in front of new listeners. And um, we would really, really love for you to do that if you haven't already. And if you have, thank you so much. We appreciate it every day. And um, don't forget that you can help us out, help out your favorite Latinx music podcast and also support Access to Birth Control by texting MENEA, M-E-N-E-A, to 22422 to join the Planned Parenthood action list and given opportunities via text to take action to support and protect access to birth control, which is totally under threat right now. Um, And we're also going to be in L.A. in a couple of days on Sunday for Podcasterio Fest. There's still tickets to the after party available. I think they're only $25 now. So we'll put a link in the show notes if you happen to be in LA and want to come hang out with us and like 16 other <laughs> Latinx podcasts. It's going to be pretty amazing. OMG, And we're right? super excited to meet everyone and to be there. It's just, I can't even really picture it. It's all so awesome. So check that out. And if you aren't able to come, follow us on Instagram. I'm sure we'll be doing some posting from the event and sharing all the Latinx podcast love. That's right. We are so excited. So that's going to be on Sunday, November 19th in LA. And we'll put a link on our show notes for you to check that out. Yep. All right. Thanks, queridas. Gracias, amores. Bye. Thank you.